So it's uh, finals time at last. So who's excited that uh, Richmond's in the grand final? I'll show you all are. Yeah, look at them. Even God is excited about that. Thank you, Jesus. Just in time. So just uh, want to congratulate all our, our winners. If you've in, been in netball finals or um, football finals this weekend, just want to say thank, uh, congratulations if your team came in, and especially for the players um, who, who are in those winning teams. That's fantastic. Um, I have had the privilege this week of being in Adelaide at the uh, Australian Christian Church's State Conference, and that's been really amazing week, uh, just in the, you know, with other pastors, uh, worshipping together and hearing great preaching. Uh, so I've come back filled up and uh, really excited about what God wants to do here uh, in One Heart Church. So who's excited with me? All right, four of you. Yeah, Babrise is. She's happy to be here this morning. So uh, also, we just got some things come through this morning. Um, some little flyers are in the foyer. Uh, three, three ways gay marriage will impact your family, and that's from the Coalition for Marriage. So if you're wondering, well, what's all the hoo-ha about? You need to realise there is, there is uh, um, spin-off things that will affect us as believers. It won't just affect pastors, it'll affect every, every Christian. And uh, you just need to grab one of those, have a read-through, and um, be aware, be informed, and pray specifically that God's will will uh, move in Australia. Um, so that, you know, I, I say this in our, our men's prayer meetings on Wednesday mornings, uh, I don't really care what they bring in. Because I think... What I would love to see is, is, you know, pockets around Australia, or bigger than pockets, big areas where, where the Holy Spirit moves and people come to know Christ and they're going, you know what, no one's asking for this in that place. No one wants this there. So bring it on. Do whatever you want. Put me in jail. I could be dangerous in there too. <laughs> but one thing I will, I will declare is, is I won't do a, a same-sex marriage um, and I'll just make that open to, to you today so you, you, can be, you can be assured that we want to we stand upon the Word of God says. Do we hate people? No, we don't. Do we, do we want to throw rocks at people? No, we don't. Do we want to stand upon the Word of God first because we love Jesus first? Then that's what we have to trust. So uh, we don't vilify people, we don't want to attack people, but we need to know what the Word of God says and what we're going to stand upon. So that's my political statement for the year. And if you still not sure if you like me or not, Richmond's going to win the grand final. <laughs> so, if I don't come to church next Sunday morning, okay, we're going to do some revision this morning. Who loves revision? You should do that in math when you're in school, do revision. So, I'm just going to ask, what is our theme for this year, for those of you who are part of our church? What's our theme? Freedom. Yes, that's awesome. So um, uh, you're starting to get it about nine months in. We're starting to get it now. I'll ask you another question. There's another revision. And you, you know, I don't want people to feel guilty or shamed if you, if you don't know this. But uh, who records, you can just put your hand up for this one. Who records they know what our vision statement is for our church? I'm not going to ask anyone to come up, I'm not going to embarrass you in front, but who reckons they might know what our vision statement is? There's a few people, that's good, that's really good. So if you're not sure, I haven't got it on the screens, but I can, I can, if I can memorise something, then I think anyone can, because I'm really bad at memorising anything. 
um, to be a large, relevant church of mature believers who love our community. So um, I just want to you know, throw that in every now and then because it helps us to define who we are and where we're going. So um, all that we do and all that we're becoming can be measured next to our vision. And uh, I want everyone to work out their place in One Heart Church according to our vision. And uh, you know, we don't make the vision bigger than Jesus. We don't make our vision bigger than our relationship with God, but it's a corporate thing that uh, is important so that we all know where we're going and where we're heading. And I believe it, come, it came from the Holy Spirit to our church, and, uh, and I'm just excited for what God wants to do with us and through us to change the Lower Air Peninsula. So I'm excited for what God wants to do. So this morning's message um, I've titled uh, Free in Confidence. And uh, not in confidence like a secret confidence, like when you're telling people things that you don't want them to tell others. This is free in confidence, that kind of, that assurance that everything is well, that everything's going to work. So um, I, I really, I want us to pray this morning that, that our lives will be changed and that our spirits will be fed this morning. So why don't we bow our heads and we're just going to ask the Lord to um, help us this morning. Lord Jesus, I just pray as, as we hear your word this morning, as we uh, come around the, 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 the spiritual dinner table, that you'll feed our spirits, that you'll change our hearts, you'll make things clear, and you help us to be motivated and energized to do more than we've ever done before. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So there are... Lots of things we could do if we just felt confident or if we had confidence. How often do we say things like, oh, I could do that, but I don't feel confident. Um, I could fix cars. I could make a dress. I could shear a sheep. I could skydive or even build a boat if I just had confidence. All these things that you know we, we think of, that you think, oh, I could, I could do that. Potentially, any of us could do anything. But many times we don't because we don't have confidence. Now, before we go um, doing any of those things, there is a difference between confidence and competence. It's really important you understand that. So before you all go out to do your own electrical or gas work, I'm talking today about spiritual things that God is calling you into. So don't differentiate, say, well, a pastor just said, about, I can do anything, but I'm an electrician now. No, you're not. It's dangerous. So I'm not giving you trade certificates uh, um, as churches sometimes do. As uh, I've discovered in being involved in many churches, you see that some churches give people trade certificates and say, you're a plasterer now, or you're a painter, or, or you're a plumber, and they're not. So in a spiritual way, what things would you do if you had the confidence? It's a good question. Spiritually, what things would you do if you had the confidence? I'm going to transpose the word confidence now and you know, slightly change it a bit to, to put, it's not just self-confidence, it's not something that's coming from just within yourself. It's, it's faith-based that brings in the Holy Spirit and God's direction into your thinking 
or into your spirit. So what things would you do? I was at, I think it's at Port Norlunga once upon a time and there used to be a guy who used to, um, he was a commercial fisherman, would sit up on the cliff. I'm pretty sure it's, it's Port Norlunga, might not be. But he's up on the cliff there and, and I, I would see him there and I'd sometimes sit there with him and talk to him and he's watching, we have binoculars and he's watching for schools of fish to come up the coast and then when he would spot a school of fish, he would race down to the beach and had a rowboat waiting and anyone who's standing nearby, he would say, here, grab the net and he rows out. And this one particular day, I was the one there. I was like, yay, this is exciting. And so he, he rose out like an ark, and, and as he rose, the net peels off from the boat because you're hanging on at the beach, and uh, rose around, and eventually he comes back in. And um, he gave me one end of the net to hold. He says, here, hang on to this. And, uh, and then he rose out. And I, I'm thinking to myself, like, like, wow, this is so exciting because I wanted to be in the boat. I'm just on the beach. And uh, after he's done his big loop, he comes back and every now and then while he's, while he's rowing, he would, he would stop and whack the bottom of the boat, like boom, boom, boom. I'm thinking, what's some sort of funny ritual or something? Like, what's he doing? But um, eventually he rows back in and we start pulling in the net. I have my end and he has the other. And we're pulling in. I'll tell you, this net, uh, it's like it never seemed to stop. It's like, how long? Like, he didn't go, seem to go that far, but I'm just like this. There's so much net, it's just like keeps coming and coming and, and it's never going to end. And I'm dragging the net in, I'm dragging the net in. Sort of, sort of running back a little bit and dragging thinking, you know, I want to see the end of this thing. And I'm thinking all along, where's the fish? Because so far, I've pulled in all this, this net, but I, but I can't see any fish. I haven't found one yet. And, and it's just, just repeating the same thing, just... just drawing in the net, drawing in the net, and I'm getting tired, and, and I'm starting to get bored. And I wasn't seeing any fish. And one of the things I find most amazing about Jesus is how he gets people and puts something in their hand and says, will you hold this for me? Will you, will you put your hand on the net? And the thing is for me, God uses so ordinary people. I wasn't experienced as a fisherman that day. I wasn't even ready. I wasn't planning on going fishing. But the fisherman chose me. He said, you, you, hold my net for me. And I want to put this to you today. Jesus puts out the call many times in our lives, be in his catch. Be responding to his call. Be in his service. You don't need to be talented or experienced or strong or even waiting for an opportunity. You just have to, you just have to hold what Jesus gives you, what he puts in your hand, and then wait for further instructions. So this guy just said to me, here, hold this. And I remember holding it, and, then I, and I thought, well, what do I do now? And actually, he, he disappeared. He, he rode off. And I'm thinking, well, now what do I do? I think I don't want to don't want to just run away. That's the most boring part. Between the call and the catch is the most boring part. But I'll tell you something, it's worthwhile waiting for it all to, to come in. So 
You don't need to be talented or experienced or strong. You just have to hold on to the end Jesus gives you and wait for further instruction. So Matthew 4 verse 19 says this. Coming up. Jesus called out to them, and you can put your name there. Come follow me. He's calling specifically to Peter. But it says, come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. So when we begin to take this verse personally and put our name in the blank spot, it's possible to discover a confidence in serving God that launches us into things we never thought we could do. And that's the whole thing I, I think that is so important with, with having a relationship with Jesus is he takes us from what, from, from what we can't do into what we can do with his power. And so I think it's um, possible to discover a confidence serving God that launches us into things that we never thought we could ever do. So there are two parts of this I want us to, to look at just briefly. What Jesus is saying here, our call and our purpose are found in this scripture. And we're going to break that up into two parts. Number one, Jesus said, follow me, the call. And did he call you? Yes, because I just asked you to put your name there. So it just said, Jesus called Carlos, and Jesus called Annie, and Jesus called Benjamin. So hopefully you all put your name there. The second thing, Oh, sorry, so my hope is that many people hear the call of God in your spirit to follow Jesus today. The second part of it, and, the, and Jesus says, and I will show you how to fish for people. There's a call and there's a purpose. And sometimes we, we think that we're standing there just holding the net, thinking, well, Jesus, you called me, but you rode away, and now it's pretty boring. And, and what's the purpose? We're going to show you the purpose today is to... Is to Serve God holding the net because there's something that Jesus wants to do with you. So when God calls us to his work, he already knows what's in us before we do. And if we continue to listen to his voice, wait for his next instructions, that's where discipleship starts. We become a disciple then. And he always shows us the how-to. Jesus um, how to is all about your life purpose. So Jesus said to, to Peter, I will show you how to. And those two words are really important. You are created for a how to purpose. You might be thinking, well, I, I, don't, I don't really have much skill. I don't know too much. But Jesus wants to call you and he wants to give you a purpose. And in that purpose, he'll show you how to. So when we understand our call and begin to develop our how to, we step into confidence in spiritual things and competence will follow. I don't think anyone ever starts fully polished in the ministry. I think everyone needs to learn and develop and grow. And the more I've been in it, the more I know I didn't know. I'm always wary of people who think they're ready because you're not. And when you think I'm not ready, I can't, then you're saying, God says, yes, grasshopper. <laughs> you're ready. I don't think we ought to go through life by ministry mistakes. Rather, navigate through a true sense of direction from the how-tos that Jesus gives us. Because 
if, if we're trying to navigate through life, like, well, oh, I tried that, that didn't work, and made a mistake, and now I feel terrible. And I tried that, and that didn't work, and that was a mistake, and I feel terrible. Uh, I tried something else, and that didn't work, and now I feel even worse. And now I'm useless and hopeless and stupid. But you know something? If we're living like that, we are going to feel all those things. But what is better is to say, God, I'm just going to hang on to that bit that you gave me. I'm going to stay here and wait further instruction. And then we start to step into things that are going to work because Jesus is with us in that call, in that how-to. So God has something to say about all this, and I hope it brings freedom to you this morning uh, to launch you into your call and purpose. Um, Ecclesiastes 9 verse 11, that should pop up. It says, So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. immovable. Always work with... uh, work. No, sorry, that's the wrong one. Have we got another one? Ecclesiastes 9.11. Oh, who did my PowerPoint this week? I'll have to read it to you. Ecclesiastes 9.11 says this. The fastest runner doesn't always win the race. This is my favorite scripture. The fastest runner doesn't always win the race. And it ends by saying, it is all decided by chance by being in the right place at the right time. Now, this could leave us with a fatalistic depression thinking, well, whatever will be, will be. I don't have to try, I don't have to, don't have to be in the race even. Because if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. No, I don't think that's accurate. Have the attitude of faith. When my time comes, when my chance comes, I don't have to be the fastest or the strongest to win. I just have to be in the right place. Now you're thinking, well, how do I know I'm in the right place? Your right place is anywhere with Jesus and grab the end of the net that he gives you and you'll be in the right place. So sometimes we get all caught up. Well, what if, I, what if I'm in the wrong place? What if, I, what if I made the wrong decision? You know something? You just go back to Jesus and say, well, where was that net again? And pick it up again and just hang on to that. So we get to um, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight, where we were sidetracked. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. So discouragement often overshadows confidence. Uh, When we're doing everything according to the how-to, just like drawing in the net, drawing in the net, can't see any fish yet. But you know, you're thinking, this is boring. This doesn't seem to make much sense. I don't think we've even got any fish in here. But you just keep doing what God's told you to do, nothing you ever do for the Lord is ever useless. And so you might be thinking, well, I'm I'm just here in this youth group, like Amy is one of our youth, and she's shared so good around communion today. But you know what? She's developed those those things by speaking at youth. That's why I think, why do you have a youth group? Because of people like Amy. Because it teaches them uh, the the ability to, to minister in the church that's the main focus why we want to have a youth group so that we can teach people those skills so that's a bit of commercial there for youth Um, but discouragement often overshadows confidence when we're doing everything according to the how-to we can sometimes get discouraged because sometimes we don't see results all the time we don't see them instantly But one of the things that I do know about serving God, about living as a disciple, is when you start to 
follow the instructions, when you start to live by the how-to, you might not see instant results, but when you stay faithful and committed to those things, the results will come. And what I'm going to show you is the results will come to you. You don't have to chase after the results. You just have to stay where you are and stay strong. So confidence is a mindset that enables endurance. Keep going until you have pulled in all of the net. If it wasn't until we, that day when I was out there as an unexpected fisherman, it wasn't until we got to the very end of the net that I saw that it was full of fish. And literally, it was about a half a ton of them. And this guy, he would say, he'd be on the, on the top of the cliff with his binoculars, and he'd say, there's three tons of salmon. I'm thinking, these pretty cool binoculars even weigh how much fish is there. <laughs> or he'd say, there's a ton of, ton of whiting. Get down there. So amazing binoculars. I'm getting a pair of them. But confidence is a mindset that enables our endurance to keep going until we've pulled in all of the net. Confidence and endurance are, prof are a profitable partnership. And we need to realize that in our spirits, confidence and endurance are a profitable partnership. Because you might just have confidence, but if you don't have endurance, and if you just don't stay where you should in God, then you'll never bring in the profit. Galatians 6.9 puts it like this, so let's not get tired of doing what is good because at just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. And I must say that day, uh, it probably took 20 minutes on that net. I mean, this is taking too long. There's got to be a better way. I'm not interested anymore. But when we got that net, came close to us and it starts to come alive with fish i'm suddenly like yeah i knew that was coming <laughs> see jesus doesn't put us in a wheelbarrow when we become disciples of jesus sometimes that's what we think you know what i'll become a christian gave my life to jesus today now lord where's the wheelbarrow put me in Take me to heaven. He doesn't put us in, a, in a, on a stretcher. Say, now I'm going to carry you for the rest of your life. Jesus doesn't do that. He gives you an end of the net and says, here, will you hold this for me? Now, that, that net is going to look like different things for different people. There's not one single net. I, I mentioned earlier, for some of you, God's going to say, will you, will you hold the net of this youth group? Someone else that might be saying, will you hold the net on a welcome team in church? Will you hold the net um, as a builder? Will you hold the net as a father? Will you hold the net of something that Jesus says here? I want you to just hold this for me and wait further instructions. Jeremiah 17 verse 7 says, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord, who have faith, who have confidence in God, and have made the Lord their hope. And confidence. So the most important point today is that we find our confidence in God. We find confidence in God by Jesus Christ, who is our anchor, our saviour, the one who makes it right for us, appropriate for us to come before God. It's all through Him. 
I'll give you quick three uh, keys or some summing up what I've said this morning to you that you can take with you this morning. Keys to, to being free in confidence. Number one, take hold of what Jesus is calling you to do. Take hold of the net. Why don't you just close your eyes this morning if you feel to and the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to you about what that net looks like for you. And it would be really bad today if, if you think, well, I've had um, plenty of opportunities where I've let the net go, where I ran away, where I ignored the net. Well, this morning, that, can, that could all change. Today, that could all be different. And Jesus is not one who keeps a record of our wrongs. When we turn to him and say, Lord, I know I let you down there, but I want to take up the net. Take hold of what Jesus is calling you to do. Second thing, don't be scared of repetition. In repetition comes your endurance. And at the end of the day, you'll find profit at the end of the repetition. So you might be thinking, well, I, I just come every Sunday and I fill up the urn. Just every Sunday, that's what I do. Or every Sunday, I, I, I help with a kid's church. That's just what I do. It just seems like a repetition in my life. Or every day, I just read my Bible. Every day, I find myself you know, doing a Bible study. It's just repetition. Sometimes you can't see. It's just like drawing a net. Can't see really what's happening. But out of that repetition comes endurance. And out of endurance you'll see a prophet come into your life. We can, we can apply this to every part of our life, in our study, in our schoolwork, in our relationships, in our marriages, with our kids. If we, if we do the right things and have, a, have habits or healthy habits, healthy repetition in our life, it builds good things in. The third one, keep going until the job's done. Keep going until the job's done. You might be thinking, well, how do I know when the job's done? I had the time in my life when I did an apprenticeship. And as I became a tradesman, then I had apprentices that I taught. Well, how did I know when the job was done in training is when the other person was fully qualified and one of the things we need to do in serving Jesus you might think but I don't know that much just now well whatever it is that you do know teach someone else get alongside another person encourage them you don't need to be real really spiritually gigantic to, to say well I can pray with you with you I can listen when you're struggling Maybe God will give you a, a, a scripture that you can encourage the other person with. Don't ever be discouraged to use the word of God. I know some people get really annoyed and say, don't, don't throw scripture at me. You know what? What else do you want me to throw at you? <laughs> don't, don't view it as throwing at you. Say, thank you, Jesus, that I'm receiving something that's going to give me life. You know that when the person says that, it means there's some, there's some hardness in their heart, really. 
that, that, that isn't going to let God speak to them no matter what. And there's not a lot you can work with there. There's actually nothing you can work with there. So we've got to be, we've got to be uh, you know, sensitive how we administer the Word of God, that it touches people's hearts and not hurt their feelings. Why don't we pray? Perhaps this message has meant something to you this morning and God's really spoken to you. I want to pray to begin with, especially for people who felt like, you know what, I, I really felt a call of God upon my life at one, t- at one time or other, but something happened and I let go and I walked away. I, I never saw, I never saw the catch. I never saw the school of fish. I walked away before it came in and I've always lived with, I wonder what would have happened. I wonder. Today, God wants to lift that disappointment off you. He wants to breathe new encouragement into your life. He wants to bring a new purpose and he wants to bring a new how-to. It's not going to come right here in an instant, but if you say, Jesus, will you take me again? Jesus, I'm willing again. I want to, I want to find the net. I want to hang on to that net and I want, I want to stay true to that till I see your purpose fully fulfilled. I'm going to pray for those people right now. Every eye closed and giving people that, I guess that uh, time. If that's you this morning, God knows your feelings. And I pray this morning in Jesus' name that you take those people who feel, felt the disappointment, felt maybe guilt or shame for letting go. We lift that off them today in Jesus' name. I pray that you replace that, those feelings with faith again. Play, replace those feelings with a confidence that you are calling them back into your purpose, into your, into your uh, plan again. So Lord, I just pray in the name of Jesus, may your Holy Spirit begin to fill people with purpose and hope and life and seeing again what they thought they would never see. Just pray and speak that into their lives in Jesus' name. Also, I just want to pray for those and you're thinking, well, I just wish I knew where the net was. I just wish I knew what it was that Jesus wanted me to do. God wants to bring clarity to you this week. But I'll tell you where it starts. It starts where you start by giving time to hear God speak to you. Giving time to hear God speak to you. We call it a quiet time. We call it a devotion time, whatever we want to call it. But I tell you something, it's vital if you want to fulfill the task of holding the net it starts when you can hear his voice so Jesus I just pray today whatever obstacle whatever blockages that we have whatever things cloud our life or crowd our life or busy our life so that we're just not even there we're just not even anywhere where we where we should be so that we can start holding the net for you. I just pray right now in the name of Jesus. Pray, Lord God, we submit ourselves to you and to your call and to your purpose. And Lord, I do pray that out of this little place of Port Lincoln, this this church, that we may find many people engaged in the most important part of life, and that is loving you and serving you 
and bringing a prophet to the kingdom of God, seeing many people come to know Jesus Christ as we draw the net together. I thank you, Jesus, for all that you are and all that you're going to do in our lives and in this church and in this city, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. God bless you.